0: Pastor Xavier Rees describes a God slow to anger, but fast on forgiveness on today's simple truths.
1: Peter, in his second epistle, chapter 3, verse 9, says, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long suffering towards us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. There's the heart of God. Ezekiel 18, 32 says, For I have no pleasure in the death of the one who dies. Therefore, turn and live. This is God's heart.
0: Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. One of the classic theological arguments often brought up is, how can a God of love send anybody to hell? Of course, the answer is that God doesn't send anyone to hell. You would have to send yourself there. God has done everything He possibly can to keep you out of hell and still leave you as a person with free will. However, if you choose to sin, there are consequences. As Scripture warns, the wages of sin is death. But God loved the world so much, he sent his Son to die in our place, saving whosoever believes from perishing in hell. Let's join Pastor Xavier in a study titled, Judgment is Always Reluctant, a lesson Jeremiah brought to the people in his day, who were also wondering why would the God of love be judging them.
1: Many people have the idea... That God delights in judging people for their evil. And somehow this is his favorite pastime. But on the contrary, God is so patient, so loving towards the sinner, that we should be embarrassed at any charges against him of such nature. All we have to do is look to the days of Noah, to Sodom and Gomorrah, to all the stories of the Bible. Which are his story, (laughs) not just stories. But a better illustration would be your life and mine. How patient he has been. But when people keep rejecting and walking after their own will, the ultimate end is unavoidable. It's judgment. And when that happens, it happens with a broken heart when it comes to God. And so it should be with us. The problem is in our flesh, we like to see people get what they deserve, as long as it isn't us. But hopefully, as we're growing in the knowledge of Jesus Christ, though we do want to see righteousness and justice done, hopefully we look beyond that and desire the person to come to Christ. Otherwise, we become like Jonah. Jonah wanted to see them fry. <laughs> he knew his God. He just didn't want to become like his God. That's always the danger in my life. Always. Judgment was inevitable. And so, here in our passage, such is the case with the doom of the king and the city of Jerusalem. Let me read our passage here. Verse 1 through 14. The word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord when King Zedekiah sent to him Pasher, the son of Malachi, and Zephaniah, the son of Messiah, the priest, saying, Please inquire of the Lord for us, for Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, makes war against us. Perhaps the Lord will deal with us according to all his wondrous works that the king may go away from us. Then Jeremiah said to them, Thus you shall say to Zedekiah, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, Behold, I will turn back the weapons of war that are in your hands, with which you fight against the king of Babylon, and the Chaldees who besiege you Outside the walls, and I will assemble them in the midst of this city. I myself will fight against you with an outstretched arm and with a strong arm, even in anger and fury and great wrath. I will strike the inhabitants of the city, both man and beast. They shall die of great pestilence. And afterwards says the Lord, I will deliver Zedekiah king of Judah, his servants and the people, and such as are left in the city from the pestilence and the sword and the famine into the hand of Nebuchadnezzar king of Babylon into the hand of his enemies, and into the hand of those who seek their lives, And he shall strike them with the edge of the sword, and he shall not spare them, or have pity on them, or mercy. Now, you shall say to this people, Thus saith the Lord, Behold, I set before you the way of life and the way of death. He who remains in the city shall die by the sword, by famine, by pestilence. But he who goes out and deflects to the Chaldeans, who besieges you. He shall live, and his life shall be a price to him. For I have set my face against this city for adversity and not for good, says the Lord. It shall be given into the hand of the king of Babylon, and he shall burn it with fire. And concerning the house of the king of Judah, say, Hear the word of the Lord, O house of David, thus saith the Lord. Execute judgment in the morning, and deliver him who is plundered out of the hand of the oppressor. Lest my fury go forth like fire and burn so that no one can quench it because of the evil of your doing. Behold, I am against you, O inhabitants of the valley and rock of the plain, says the Lord, who say, Who shall come down against us? Or who shall enter our dwelling? But I will punish you according to the fruit of your doing, says the Lord. I will kindle a fire in its forest and it shall devour all things around it. The doom of the king in the city of Jerusalem is characterized by three messages. You have verse 1 through 7, the message of doom to Zedekiah. Then the message of doom to the people in verse 8 through 10. And last, the message of doom to the house of David, verses 11 through 14. The same message it's unified and it addresses each individual specifically. Notice he begins with the message of doom to Zedekiah. Why? He's king. He's the head. God will hold you responsible on whatever level you're leading. On whatever level you're calling the shots for others. He'll hold you responsible for that. Notice first of all verse 1 and 2. The word of Yahweh came to Jeremiah. The occasion was when King Zedekiah sent two men to Jeremiah. The first of these two men is named Pashur. He's not the same person of the previous chapter in chapter 20 verse 1 and 2 who had uh, beat Jeremiah and put him in the stocks. So whenever we run across names, we have to make sure that the same son of whoever it is because many have the same name. He is the one who was part of putting Jeremiah in prison in chapter 38 verse 1 through 6, they put him down in the cistern that he might die there. So this guy that's coming to Jeremiah now, asking him to seek the Lord is not a friend of Jeremiah, nor the second guy. But that's always the case when you're a Christian. Listen, people will talk about you, people will slander you, people will do everything, but when they get in trouble, you're the one they call. The second man, Sephaniah, he was a successor of Jehoiada the priest. He's second to the high priest who read to Jeremiah in chapter 29, verse 25 through 29, the letter from Babylon accusing Jeremiah of discouraging the people because Jeremiah was saying, Married, build houses. Hey, you're going to be there for a while. The false prophet was saying, No, no, no. So he writes a letter and sends it to this guy, Sephaniah, to rebuke. Why haven't you stopped Jeremiah? He served in the 24th course of the priesthood according to the order that David set up in 1 Chronicles 24, 18. There were so many priests that not all of them could be uh, exercising the office all the time. Remember the father of John the Baptist, his course came up and he went into the temple and that's where the angel appeared to him. Maybe once in your lifetime you would have the opportunity to serve. That's how many priests there were. He later came to Jeremiah, or will come to Jeremiah, in chapter 37, verse 3, and asked him to pray for them again. (laughs) In the end, he ends up being taken by the captain of the guard of Nebuchadnezzar to Babylon, and they are slain. Chapter 52, verse 24 tells us that. Now, these two came to Jeremiah really in fulfillment of a prophecy given in chapter 15, verse 11. It's only a few chapters back, but 1511 says, The Lord said, Surely it will be well with your remnant. Surely I will cause the enemy to intercede with you in the time of adversity and in the times of affliction. You see, there are some people that only know the 911 God. We see that all the time when crises happen in the nation. When desert storm happened, the churches were full. When 9-11 hit, churches were full. But after everything settles down, people go back to the same old routine. Notice in verse 2, the purpose of their inquiry was to see if Yahweh would deliver them from Nebuchadnezzar. And you're going to find different spellings of Nebuchadnezzar. Don't get freaked out. There's different uh, forms to write his name. Okay, and you'll find them differently. They came in all seeming humility. Notice that. And respect saying, please inquire of the Lord for us. For Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, makes war against us. This is one of the hardest things in my life as a Christian and as a pastor. I have to take you at your word when you're coming to me. I can't read your heart. All I can do is listen to the the tone of your voice. Try to assess the validity of what you're saying. and Then I have to make a judgment. And if I believe what you're telling me, I have to let time run to find out if those things are so. Because time is the test of all things. I can't read the heart. That's one of the hardest things as a pastor. People come and they tell me stories that break my heart. And the problem today in the church is, is that the people that come to the church to lie are not the exception. It's the rule. That's the problem. <laughs> well, Jeremiah was in the same place. By the way, this is the first time the name of Nebuchadnezzar is mentioned in the book of Jeremiah, though indirectly he's mentioned the enemy from the north in many other ways. Now, notice their thought was perhaps the Lord will deal with us according to all his wondrous works that the king may go away from us. You see, they kept rejecting God's word, but, but things kept getting worse and worse and hotter and hotter. And, and finally, they said, okay, well, let's go to Jeremiah. We got no choice. No choice. Just like we Christians. Well, you know, I've tried everything. I might as well pray. As if prayer is the last option. You see, we act like heathens too. The hope was that Yahweh would intervene in some way as in times past in their history. Maybe the most recent they would remember was that delivery of Hezekiah from the Assyrian army that besieged the city and in then. Second Kings 19 and Isaiah 37, where he sent out one angel and he killed 180,000 frontline troops of the Assyrian army. I, I, I would presume that's miraculous delivery. And they were hoping for that. And see, somehow, the person who keeps rejecting, rejecting, rejecting God holds out this, this false hope. That he convinces himself about, well, you know, God knows me and, you know, I mean, he knows what, you know, he knows my heart. If you knew, you'd be shaking. You wouldn't be saying it. And that somehow God will find it in his heart because after all, you are the greatest person. And if people could only understand that. The interesting thing is that Zedekiah and all the leaders were rejecting the word of Jeremiah. Opposing Jeremiah personally. And now they're coming to seek the Lord through Jeremiah. Listen, for personal benefit. That is the downside of having your heart open to people. Can't get away from it. The book is not in chronological order. So as we begin chapter 21, it's real random at times. 21 and 22 and 23 go together. But this passage probably fits best in chapter 37, 38. That's a chronological order that you can put it in. So Jeremiah has a predicament here. But see, he doesn't have to make the call. Because God's word came to him. Because God knew they were coming. And God knew why they were coming. Notice 30 here in verse 3 through 7. The word of Yahweh for Zedekiah... Is very direct. The words are personally directed to him in verse 3. Zedekiah means Jehovah is righteous. And he was the last king of Judah. Who was renamed. Mataniah. By Nebuchadnezzar. When he put him on the throne. His name. Though it means. Jehovah is righteous. He was anything but righteous. See Because. You may have the name of Christian, but maybe you're living your own life in your carnality. It doesn't mean that you're pleasing to God. My wife just shared with me some things she heard on the radio. says that some people think that carnal Christians is a denomination. (laughs) It's not. If it is, it's a bad one. He had a great name, but he wasn't living up to it. I've told you often that it's time for you not to ask the question of somebody, Are you a Christian? Don't ask that question. Because everybody, Oh, yeah. Ask him this question. Are you Christ-like? They'll go, Huh? Make them think. Because that's what you're asking them. Zedekiah was the son of Josiah by his wife, Hamatul. And was placed on the throne by Nebuchadnezzar when he carried off his nephew, Jehoiachin. Also named or called Coniah, And we'll get this in chapter 22. So Zedekiah was the uncle of Jehoiachin, who was the son of Jehoiakim, who both were the brothers of Jehoiahaz. So Josiah was the only good king who set the reform, remember? He started it. Then you have Jehoiahaz, Jehoiakim, and Zedekiah, and Shalom. All of them are brothers. They're all sons of Zedekiah. The only nephew that's reigning in this period is Jehoiachin. Okay? Sometimes called later on by another name also, as we'll see. So, here you have Zedekiah reigning from 597 B.C. to 586, 11 years as a vassal to Nebuchadnezzar. He threw off his allegiance to Nebuchadnezzar, 2 Kings 24, 20 tells us in Chronicles 36, 13. He just liberated himself from it. And he formed an alliance with Egypt. Ezekiel 17, through 18 tells us that. His allegiance was denounced both by Jeremiah and by Ezekiel. He later imprisoned Jeremiah on account of his denouncing that allegiance in Jeremiah 32, 2 and 3 and 37, 15. But he also sought Jeremiah's intercession once again in chapter 20, 37, 3. as here, 21, 1 through 3. And so here you have a man Who wants to appear righteous, who's not righteous, and who will just do whatever is best for himself. He's like a weather vane. It just depends which way the wind is blowing. A weather vane is kind of weird because it's the truest thing. It tells you the true direction of the wind. But it's a great illustration for people who are just a bunch of flakes. They're just camellias. They just flow back and forth or whatever it is. They have no sense of, of, of their own person or of absolute right and wrong or anything else. They just... Whatever's best. Notice verse 4 through 7. The word to Zedekiah was that Yahweh would oppose him. Those are heavy words. Listen, if I oppose you, I'm no big deal. Somebody else opposes you, is no big deal. But if God opposes you, you better fear. Yahweh would defeat, verse 4 says, the weapons of Judah that would be used against Babylon... And would bring the armies from the siege outside the wall, within the walls, inside the city. I mean, he's giving them specifics, what he's going to do. Zedekiah was depending upon Pharaoh Hafra of Egypt. Chapter 37, 1 through 10 tells us that. So he had his ace up his sleeve. And there's a lot of people like that. Oh, yeah, I'm a Christian. And they're going, oh, yeah, I'm trusting this. But then they're, they're just in case. You know what I mean? Jacob says, God told him, hey, I'm going to go before you. Nothing's going to happen. And he, oh, yeah, thank you, Lord. Then he divides his camp, just in case. Now, there's, there's a balance between common sense and, and, and disobedience, okay? Notice in verse 5, Yahweh would fight against him with an outstretched hand, a strong arm, in his anger, fury, and wrath. Verse 6, Yahweh would smite the inhabitants of the city of man and beast. By a great pestilence. So, not only the sword, but disease would take over. In fact, in verse 7, Yahweh would deliver Zedekiah, the servants and people left from the pestilence, sword, and the famine into the hands of Nebuchadnezzar, who would have, listen, no pity or mercy, twice. The severity of this judgment, the ultimate that God has gone. Is very evident and emphasized by the repeated extension of the consequence. Over and over again. We say it to our kids, you're gonna get it. But if they, you're really gonna get it. Now, we can identify. Sometimes we can't control ourselves, so sometimes we may discipline in our anger. But God doesn't do that. When God does it, He's in control. Don't think of God up there as busting a vein. Run up and down, just, you know, all out of control, no. Mm-mm. The personal undertaking is emphasized by the fourfold I will of verse four, verse five, verse seven, of verse six, and verse seven. Four verses. I will, I will, I will. This is God's judgment. As you know, Nebuchadnezzar destroyed the city and the temple. And as Zedekiah escaped, He was caught. And before his eyes, they slew his sons. And then they blinded him. The last thing he saw was the slaying of his sons, and he was led to captivity. In fulfillment of the seeming contradictory prophecy of Jeremiah and Ezekiel, that Zedekiah would go into captivity, but not see Babylon. In fact, Ezekiel played it out. By putting a hole in the wall, putting a knapsack over his back, covering his eyes, and going out. Well, how can he be in Babylon and not see it? Because he plucked his eyes out. This chapter fits in the ninth year of Zedekiah, king of Judah. In the tenth month, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, and all his armies came against Jerusalem and besieged it. The siege lasted a year and a half. In the 11th year of Zedekiah, in the 4th month, on the ninth day of the month, the city was penetrated. Isaiah 39.2 and 53.5. A year and a half within a city besieged by the Babylonian army. No water, no food, no supplies, no going in, no going out. You remember Jesus weeping over Jerusalem? In fact, Matthew and Mark both record it. Luke says, If you would have known in this thy day the things that were prepared for you, but now they're hidden from your eyes. In Matthew, he says, Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who killed the prophets, how often I wanted to gather you as a hen gathers her chicks on her wings, but you would not. So now I leave unto you desolate. And you should not see me henceforth. You say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. What a horrible judgment. And he did it with a broken heart and for nearly 2000 years the Jews were scattered throughout the world as Titus came in in 70 AD and leveled the city now one stone was left upon another with a broken heart he proclaimed it but the line had been crossed Ezekiel 18.32 says for I have no pleasure in the death of the one who dies or the death of the wicked in other parts therefore turn and live this is God's heart. He does not rejoice over the destruction of a soul. Peter in the second epistle chapter 3 verse 9 says the Lord is not slack concerning his promise as some men count slackness but is long-suffering towards us not willing that any should perish but that all should come to repentance. There's the heart of God.
0: Pastor Xavier Rees illustrating how easy it is to avoid the severe judgment of God simply by accepting the free gift of forgiveness offered in the sacrifice of His Son. Now, if you've missed any part of this message, you can hear it from beginning to end again anytime online. Just look for today's date when you click on the radio listings link when you log on to CalvaryChapelPasadena.com And there's much more to this study to come next time right here as well. But if your schedule won't permit you to tune in, as always, you can pick up a copy of this message. And the title you want to ask for is simply, Judgment is Always Reluctant. It's available on CD for only $4. Once again, you'll be asking for the title, Judgment is Always Reluctant. Or simply mention today's date. You can request your copy by writing, Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, And thanks for mentioning the call letters of this station when you get in touch. This helps us track the effectiveness of this ministry in your area. Next time, Pastor Xavier Reese explains that victory in the gospel comes by the surrendering of yourself. Join us next time for more Simple Truths.